All right. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Rob Wallace. This is the Zero Noise Podcast, where we engage in progressive discussions about music, life, and everything in between with our guests. This podcast is brought to you by Grove Studios. That's where we are today. 24-7 artist and production workspace. You probably, you may be able to hear the band playing in the background, whether rehearsing for your next show, producing a new song, doing a podcast, or shooting a video. Grove Studios is set up for the independent creator. Right now, Grove is offering subscriptions that can help you get your project or next creation popping off. To learn more, visit GroveStudios.space. This podcast is also brought to you by Leon Speakers, the home of Luxury Home Audio. Um... My shirt is by Double Negative People today. You can go to Double Negative People on Instagram. They'll break you off one. Uh, this podcast is produced by Project Plugin, Crimson Media, and share with all streaming platforms through Captivate. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and all that stuff wherever you hear or see the podcast. My life's work is to live music and hip-hop specifically is both the historical subtext and the product of American culture, a medium of liberation, and a soundtrack for the search for black freedom collectively and individually. The album is a source of critical discourse about life in America by those who create it, so that's what we talk about. I want to know about the music that changed the way our guests thought. Along the way, we explore how music speaks to who we are and who we desire to be. Art is not valuable if it does not challenge, if it does not ask, and if it does not respond. We acknowledge that music decorates time as art decorates space. What's up with these glasses? (laughs) You threw me off! (laughs) I asked dope people to come visit with me, talk about who they are, who they have been, and what they do. I also asked them to be ready to discuss an album that played a role in them becoming them. You will not hear the music we will discuss for many reasons during the podcast, but you will never hear it the same afterwards. Therefore, it is a music podcast, but it is a people's podcast. And today, the person is Kenyatta Rashan, and the album is The Art of Keeping It Real. Welcome, Kenyatta Rashan. Hey. And these glasses. Yep, they're here. It is summertime. Mm-hmm. And That's if it, you got some summer glasses on right now. Yes. So we're also joined by Maya Evans, co-founder of the Amplify Fellowship. And we're also joined by Mo Harlow. What's your, what's your title, brother? Yeah, you got it. Oh. Harlem's dad. And Harlem, for those of you who don't know, Harlem is Kenyatta's son. And Harlem has a special role in the Amplify Fellowship. For those of you who don't know, maybe listening to us for the first time, the Amplify Fellowship is a program here in Washington County where musicians, artists, songwriters receive studio support in exchange for service to community organizations. Kenyatta was chosen way back in... October, and we will never forget that interview. Never. We will never forget any of y'all interviews, to be (laughs) honest. Um, And Kenyatta has created an album based around her experience um, being pregnant with a child. Yep, the entire time. Just, I, I just mentioned, like, this is an extreme sport to be pregnant and to just take on as much as I did during that time. Absolutely. So, first time listeners, people may be finding out about who Kenyatta Rashan is. Who is Kenyatta Rashan? What's up? Kenyatta Rashan is an RB artist, born and raised here in Ipsy. I am a role model to some, a big t- sister to some, um, 
I'm also very engaged in the community. I love music. I love variations of music. I'm very eclectic. I'm the cool person that you probably didn't have the pleasure of meeting, but you get that chance right now, and here we are. So get to know me through my music, through my social media. Um, don't believe what you hear in the streets. Okay. What? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, how would you define uh, your... How would you define your music overall? I mean, I know your album is your album, but what, you know, who are your influences? So, but as I mentioned, like me being eclectic, mm -hmm. I have a variation of influences because of how I was raised. Like I had one side of my life with my father. Well, I, have, I was a family structure, but if we was going somewhere with dad, it was always like hip hop, R&B, um, SWV, um, mm. You got Tupac, Biggie, anything rap associated with culture. My mother was more eclectic. So we're listening to like Al Jarreau, Michael Franks, um, Average White Band, mm. stuff like that. So I was able to grow into or well, blossom into who I am today. So a lot of my influences come from like 70s music, um, today's R&B. So you got SZA, um, mm. Jill Scott, um, Amy Winehouse, Adele. Then you go back, the 70s R&B, you got Shaka Khan, Aretha Franklin. Um, people of that generation, just a lot of, it's a lot of stuff that just happens to me that brings out who I am. Mm. So let's go all the way back. You, you talked about some, some definitely some early music influences. Um, when did, because you're not only a singer, you have an extensive history here in this area. Were you born in Ipsy, by the way? Mm -hmm. So you have an extensive yes. history of, shall we say, performance yes. overall. Yes. So when did you first get bitten by that bug? 2000, no, 2000. 1997 it had to be. When me and my, um, my classmates, second grade, we end up going to. Can we redo that? No. Okay. We end up going to uh, 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 elementary school that's no longer with us, Cheney Academy. Shout out to Cheney. I remember Cheney. Love that. Place. Down Clark Road. Yeah, buddy. I was there for Absolutely. years. Shout out to Cheney. Ford. Ford up. Perry. Community School District. Chapel. Yeah. All them old school. You went Ipsy. But, but oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
to the right. <laughs> now dip. Okay, so now we go to the talent show, and like I said, I'm seven years old. Mm. We actually have the talent show, and they they did a great job. I still have the footage today. What song did you do? Um, Destiny's Child, No, 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 No. And this was what grade? Second. So go ahead and just chalk that up as how old I am. Because I was in college when No, No, No came out. Yeah. Thank you for helping me feel flabby and sick today. No thank you problem. very much. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess what feeling did it give you? Like, So, um, yeah, second grade, we put this together. After the show, my dad did like a little mock interview with me. Like, so how do you feel, Kenyatta Rashawn? I'm like, I feel good. It was fun. Uh, my friends did a great job and I'm so tired. I mean, like, I'm going to share it with you guys soon, and you'll love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so time goes on. You're still active in here in Ipsy. Now, you were relatively, I mean, you were active not just at your school, but you were active in a number of different ways. Like, were you active in a church here in Ipsy, too? Um, Went to Mount Olive, Mount Olive Baptist Church, right on Clark. Um, I was shy. I was super shy there because... In church, I feel like that's where you got the singers that think they can sing. Then you got the singers that can sing. Yeah. Sing. Okay? Make the distinction. That's A-N-G. Yes. And I absolutely. found myself over here singers that think they can sing. So I kind of like gravitated towards that. Like, oh, okay, I'm not really not that. But there was there a girl named Vera Pipes. Pipes out of this world. And I was just like, oh, my God, she's so Great. Uh-huh. She was older, but it's still that was still an area where I was just like kind of trying. I was trying, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It that wasn't what opened it up for me. It wasn't until high school that I like kicked the door down. Like, oh, I'm here. Mm-hmm. So, okay. In high school, you were a cheerleader. Yep. And you ended up coaching cheerleading too. Still to this S- day. Same same place. At Ips- no, no. I um I'm in Dearborn Heights, Robichaud High School. Oh, at Robichaud. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Shout out to Robichaud. Shout out to Inkster. Shout out to shout out to Beast Daily. Yeah. And and, and <laughs> Gully Road. Gully Road. And, and all Mr. that. Absolutely, Mister C. Some shout out to Mister C. Katie Peltier, Aaron Brokenshire, the whole group that was out there that I worked with. Right, you did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what does that do for you to work with young ladies in cheerleading? So I wanted to be a voice of reason. I wanted to be an outlet. I wanted to be that person that I didn't necessarily have when I was growing up because I kind of just dibbled and dabbled into whatever was around and available. Mm -hmm. And luckily, thank my hand of God, nothing touched me that water couldn't get off. But still... It felt like if I'm that person, maybe somebody else won't have to experience a lot of the things that I did. Mm-hmm. And um, with young, with adolescent females, there comes a lot of drama. There comes a lot of insecurities. There comes a lot of um, just being very silent within themselves and not sharing or expressing how they feel or what they're going through. So I made sure that even though I ne- didn't necessarily have that, I kind of had it because I had a lot of the other cheerleaders on the cheerleading team that were older than me. Mm-hmm. They were my go-to, even though they were encouraging some of my bad behavior. <laughs> they were definitely still like, if I needed to talk to them about something, they was there. So yeah. I wanted to just put my own twist on that and be 
be a, a role model to anybody, any young girl, but specifically the ages between 14 and 18 are the ones where I just built that rapport so that they have me 18 and beyond. I'm still communicating in association with girls that graduated in 2017 that I coached. Absolutely. 2014. Absolutely. Junior Braves, I was coaching. It was like 12 years old. I'm still associated with. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my goal. Okay. Yeah, shout out to to everybody out in Westwood community schools. Yes, yes. Um and you find that you find that young ladies they gravitate to you yes. because trust is major Big at that time. age. Big and time. and um having an addition it, it's it's not just teachers, it's not just counselors, it's everybody that's involved. Mm-hmm. So and, and coaches have a major major chip in that, a major yeah. part in that. They love me at that school. They they like we can't lose you. Amen. Praise God. I hope they're paying you that way, too. Yeah. Praise God. Okay. Praise God. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so just continuing along this pathway, you know, you're in high school. You're a cheerleader. You graduate from high school. Um, and Oh, another uh, good significance in high school is I auditioned. Okay, so I'm a sophomore. I auditioned for a, a part in the musical. It was uh, Guys and Dolls. Okay, and was that with Mr. Semi Farrell? No. Okay. So this is we're st- we're at Ipsy now. Oh, at Ipsy. That's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And um, I was in everything um, performing arts, so I'm in choir, mm-hmm. I'm in uh, drama, mm-hmm. and I was also in the was it my communications course? Speech. It was, there was a nut speech. Okay. Speech. Yeah. So I'm in these different courses. All of the teachers kind of. <laughs> All of the teachers kind of see something in me, right? Right. So I go to audition, and I'm auditioning against some heavy hitters, like girls that are seniors that are like very, very much into musical theater. I end up getting the part of Adelaide. Mm. My choir teacher, that was that's a, a main main character. My choir teacher tells me like, "You blew us away." There was not even we we hate to say it like this, but nobody else. Was fucking with you. As far as they didn't say that. They, no, they, she, but she coined it right because her body language. Told yeah, you. yeah, absolutely. And I'm a sophomore, a young black girl. Yeah. They, you know, what I'm saying they've been doing musical theater in high school since it started. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, since they got to high school, so it was a little jealousy there. Uh-oh. But I was able to convey one. I kind of stood out because. There weren't in at Ipsy High. There weren't many African American females even doing that. Mm-hmm. They was into everything else, and for me to be able to come through, show them that it was possible, it kind of set the standard around more diversity in musical theater. Following that, I did such a good job that um, one of my teachers sent my audition. Well, they sent my film to AMDA, mm. American Musical and Dramatic Arts Academy. And I was, um, they sent me an invitation to audition at them at their school for uh, post high school. Mm. And I ended up going, I auditioned, and I got in. Mm. So now your confidence is taking off. A little out of control at this point. Okay. I'm so- a cheerleader. I'm, I'm, I'm singing that everything. I'm in the musicals. It was like. Right. I can't fuck with me. Right. I felt, but it was, I was very humble too. That was like what the kept, main What thing. kept you humble? Because I, I, I think I, I'm, my natural being is humble. Okay. 
I was like, remember, I'm in all these different things. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with a variation of people. Right. Everybody was different. Like, it was like the drama club, the cheerleaders, right. the football players, the ghetto girls. Like, I was right. just very sprawled out. So just being able to be like, walk through the halls, everybody speaking and, and, mm-hmm. and being nice about it, mm-hmm. that kept me cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, I. I'll sing for you, no problem. Did you have people who hated your guts for all of this? What? Hella people. <laughs> Hella people. And I think that I asked the real questions here. Yeah. Thank that you. balanced out the humility. Because <laughs> it was like, you don't like me, but there's 10 people who do. So mm. you just live your life over there. There you go. I ain't gonna say I was the best person to react and respond to stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of my drama and stuff had to do with like boys and, mm-hmm. and those things of that nature, but it was never my character. Okay. You know. Okay. Um, let's talk about family. Let's do it. You are a twin. Yeah. And is that your twin brother? Yeah. Tell me what that's like. What is what is that like? Being a twin? Yes. Okay, so we were kind of raised separately in the same house. Ah, okay. Okay. Very, very, very Different dynamic of an upbringing because um, we kind of, the family dynamic that we had was mom works, dad's at home. Mm-hmm. But dad, dad worked too, but dad was very priority. He set himself as a priority. So a lot of times I was daddy's girl. My brother was kind of like sister, brother. Like, like it, I don't know if I'm, I'm making sense of it, but... We didn't grow up close. Okay. We did not grow up close. Okay. As we got older, we started to get closer. Mm-hmm. He had children um, young, so I was kind of like, auntie. I was able to play that role in their life and his life and just be be there for them. But then, you know, now we're getting older. We kind of need to be closer. Mm-hmm. Life is short. People are passing away all around us. Mm-hmm. And um, we're very supportive of one another. We do music together. I'm, when you say, when you think of like Nickelodeon, Pinky and the Brain. Okay. I'm Pinky. Okay. the Brain. Okay. So, during, there was a transition in life where I realized like, oh, you can rap. Oh, you can write. Like, you're really good. But he's very shy. So, I'm like, can I have it? Let me have that. Mm. And I, I'm like, putting this music out and it was all written by him. Really? You make me feel better. It's written by him. Wow, really? Yes. Wow. All gone. Halfway written by him. Okay. Yeah. So we both, when we when we have our twin telepathies rocking and rolling, yeah, we're un 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 what is it? Unmatched. Unmatchable. Yeah. Unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's like good. We, we we can we can really hold our own together. But like I said, when we were younger, we wasn't that close. Okay. Yeah. I look at my own kids, and, and my kids are close, but I can see my son kind of being like, I don't want to be around you. Is at your daughter all. younger? My daughter is younger. Yeah, okay. My yeah, daughter yeah, wants yeah. to do everything that he does. So right. I'm, I mean, it's we own, we got. But that, absolutely. You don't really peep it yet until you get older. That's what I would, that's, and that's where my mindset was. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you have always come across to me as a person that is very connected family wise yeah um you have a support system that is working around you that 
is very familiar mm -hmm. to me, um, just from where I come from. Mm -hmm. um, how are they, you know, what kind of things do they do to support you from a musical standpoint? Or do they? Yeah, so they do. I mean, um, obviously your brother writing songs. Yeah, right, But right. above and beyond that, is there anything else? Yeah, so my, uh, a good foundation of my family when growing up, it was like, turn the music on, let the kids just dance and sing right, right. Here in the living room. And they'd be like, go yada, go yada, go Teddy. And growing up, they see like, I am actually living that. Mm -hmm. they're, they're like, they, it's just one of those things where you can't believe the things that you've seen them do as a kid. They're actually still pursuing. Right. So for them... That is just enlightening. It just it just gives them, it gasses them up, especially my aunts. Absolutely. Like, what do you need? What do you want us to do? Right. Do you need us to listen to the song, give you feedback? Do you want us to come to your shows? Um, whatever I need, they make sure it happens. And the reason that. that the reason that is very evident, I believe that people emulate the connections that they had with their own families. Mm -hmm. And I see you being that person within the music scene in the in the area around you. Yes. I see how you, I mean, from a social media standpoint, how you constantly bigging up other people around you mm -hmm. and sharing stuff and doing this and doing that. And um, how did you, so let's, let's back up for a minute. You're involved in some things above and beyond what's happening in high school involving music. And then all of a sudden, you know, years later, you're at the BET Awards, right? So what happened, um, you, what was that experience like as you started to kind of escalate this ladder? Take me back to that experience of being in LA and seeing music, not only as being kind of bigger than life, mm -hmm. but you see it as a bit, this is a business now. Like yeah. this is a what? machine. And it's very complex. Tell me about, feel. like, go back. What was that like? I'll tell you this. Networking, I didn't know how essential it was until 2019. I had to God. I, I, I told myself January 2019 hit. I said, I have to open up my network because other than that, I'm keeping myself shunned and I'm only limited to what I'm creating, right? And the people around you who love you and you yeah. support you. So, absolutely. And loving to death. But absolutely. I needed that elevation. Well, mm -hmm. where where can what can I tap into for things to go to another level? Right. And I was just like, you know what? Let's just make it our make it our point to support other people. And that's literally how things started. Just sharing and showing love is free. Doesn't cost you nothing. Right. I'm like, let's make sure that people are being elevated as as I would want them to elevate myself. So I end up networking with a young lady named Kiera, who happened to be um, a very consistent goer of the um, BET Awards. Right. She was going as a model for different events and different things that were going on there. So I was like, hey, uh, is there any possibility that I can get out there and do some music and stuff? She's like, yeah. Mm. What's up? How you want to do it? I end up putting myself on a tour where I started in New York. I went to um, Miami, I was in Denver, I was in Tennessee. I hit all these different areas to just try to like move my music around. 
when LA came up, it was like around this time, June. And we went while we were there, day one, we're at different parties, networking and rubbing elbows with different people. Mm -hmm. um, day two, more like daytime networking. So now I'm in the thick of it. I'm talking to these different um, celebrities. I went to an audition where, um, I can't remember her name right now, but she's a very high profile actress. She seen my audition. After the audition, she walks up to me and this is just acting. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, acting and singing. I did tie the two together. Right. So she pulls me aside and grabs me by the arm real tight like a grandma would. Mm -hmm. You know, like, come here. Mm -hmm. She says, listen, do not stop doing what you're doing. I don't care if you don't get called back from this. You have to keep going. You are a star. It stood out to me, Yvette Nicole Brown. She's an actress. It stood out to me. I'm like, why did she? Be? It's like, why you? it's a thousand people here. Like, why me? And... That was so significant. Even when I feel like my batteries are running low, I just pop in a whole nother one. And so you do that, but but now you do that for other people. Yes. You do it's, that when it comes essential. to you, you do that because yeah. that that pouring into people's buckets. It doesn't take away from my bucket. It doesn't. <laughs> it does not. No, it does not. It does not. It absolutely does If people had that mindset, we would be better off. I promise you, we would, it would be like... And one of the things that that Maya and I talk about, we talk about you guys individually and collectively a lot. And one of the things we did a, a, a press release when we did the concentrate media piece um, in that press release, we talked about when I talked about you and I called you a cheerleader in that press release um, during that interview. And I had to call you because I didn't want you to think that I was only putting you in a position where you are supporting other people. Mm -hmm. You are a monster unto yourself, mm -hmm. but you still take the time to sow into other people. You have great talent and you have been very blessed along your route. Um, I know that you've had some tough times and I want to hear about that too, uh, musically, but you still, I think that is, the reason I called you a cheerleader is because you still take the time to big up people around you. And the only way you learn about doing that is through your family. Yeah. And that's why I knew off top about your family, even though I've never met anybody else from your right. family, it's very just, clear. It just makes, that, it makes sense. So what were some of those, were, were there, we all go through hard times, we all go through times where we want to quit, but what were some of the difficult things that you went through getting to this point musically um so being a woman being being female in a very male dominated industry as many women that's the first thing they start out with because it's very very true um you have to go twice as hard yeah things are not the same yeah. for i think just in life general because especially like uh if you want to go the generic route like they say men's pay is different than women um, promotional opportunities and things are different from women. So in the music industry and how it applies to me is I was, I kept finding myself in situations where a lot of producers or different people who could be helpful to my career expected something out of me that was not available to offer. Right. So, yeah. And once I kept seeing a consistent 
like contact with different people on that, that was discouraging. It was like, damn, how am I going to be able to do anything if y'all want me to be extra with y'all for, you know, a song or for, for uh, opportunity, things like that. Specifically, I remember, um, I'm not going to say her name, but there was a very profound R&B artist who I was kind of neck and neck with on this production opportunity Mm -hmm. in like 2015, 2014. This was before she kind of went a little, before she blew up. So I end up getting this um, kit of different songs. I'm sorry, different um, beats and stuff to work through. The guy that I was working with, very cool gentleman, super family guy. Me and him was working well together. He introduced me to this producer the producer's like, yeah, I could do this. We're going to do that. I got connections at the radio. I know so-and-so. And I'm like, great. This is, thank you so much. This is going to work out very fine for me. So we end up going to a session. From there, I should have known, like, he's a little too much. Like, mm. it was very solicited um, conversation that was making me uncomfortable. Mm. Um, there was an attempt for a hug that was, like, kind of long and drawn out. I was like, yeah, no, I can't come back over here. I know when I'm uncomfortable. Absolutely. Know, right? So following that shortly, um, we have a, a like a Zoom call and he's like, yeah, so when you coming back, when are you doing this? When are you doing that? And I'm like, uh, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. This time I spoke to the gentleman who introduced us. I said, hey, next time I go to the studio session, you need to come with me mm-hmm. because he's doing a little more than trying to make sure that, you know, I get this music thing going. Right? Yeah. Right. We go. He's with me, the, mm-hmm. the gentleman that introduced us. I also bring my sister, who's been like my PR, absolutely, my cheerleader. Shout out Jaleesa. to your sister. Shout out to Jaleesa. Absolutely. She also comes with me, and we're sitting in this session, and he kind of peeps the scene like, you were supposed to come by yourself. Right. So in that same session, we're having like a grown-up conversation, trying to do the the political side of things as far as production go and these beats and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And here comes the artist. Comes in. And I'm like, oh, this on his lap. She's feeding him. That's who he's going to work with. From that day, he never contacted me. I never contacted him. Mm-hmm. But I knew from that moment forward, it wasn't going to be me that had that elevation. And she got the elevation. Yeah. So I, I've i observed a lot of this in the industry. Mm-hmm. Too. And it, it's so sad how common it is. For, for women to write songs about this and to write about their experiences. And, like, uh, a word that comes out of it is gatekeeper. Mm. A lot of yes. The that there's these, these gatekeepers into the industry and they hold that over you and they're, they're using that power to get things that they want that is, is really fucked up. And, and so it, it's so prevalent it's almost a joke at this point, but it, it's it's disgusting, honestly. And it happens so commonly, we just don't know. But but yeah. it, what trips me out about that story is the fact that you went back. You still went back. Like, you went back and you took somebody with you. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't be like, hell no, I ain't coming back over there. Because I'm not trying to fuck with you like that. You know what I'm saying? You could have easily just said that and not went back. Mm-hmm. But... It's just proof positive of what you said from the beginning about how difficult it is to weigh your professional aspirations and putting yourself in questionable positions 
and weighing the fact that, you know, it's somebody that is trying to put you in an uncomfortable situation and you trying to navigate it because you're trying to come up. Yeah. That's just... Trying to figure it out. Mm. And that always, that's like been a, that's a heavy part of me is trying to figure it out. Before I just say no or give up or, it has to be very extreme cases for me to just be like, nah, fuck that. Right. But I looked at it like, okay, let me see. Let me see. Let me get you before you try to get me. Let's try to see how that right. works. And playing that game itself is so it's so sick yeah. that you got to do that. So yeah. the thing the thing that you 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 told us something similar to that, I think during your interview about yes. the fact that you had been in situations that made you uncomfortable. Yes. So the learning from that is I'm going to control my situation in every way possible. So I fast forward to. You know, I, the first time we met, mm-hmm. we met, you were performing here at Grove. And I just remember you being taught. No, no, no. I met you. At a rehearsal. I met here. you at a rehearsal. Here. And I just spoke. Yep. And I was just that like, was hey, it. It was like right, what's up? How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Keep it moving. You was like, hey, hit me up. Let me know. What's good? You were still very bubbly. And then you performed at an event here, I want to say like two summers ago, mm-hmm. you performed at the Equinox party, I think. That was in September. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had, a, you had a, a team of support that was with you and the band was here with you. And I remember talking to the band a little bit. Um, and at that moment, I kind of felt as though the way in which you carried yourself was, I'm a machine. <laughs> Not from the perspective of being unemotional, yeah. but from the perspective of, I know what I want to do. I know what I've come to do. I'm about to do this shit. Right. And so that machine also manifested itself in what I started to see you doing with Ipsy Jams. So let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Um, how is Ipsy Jams kind of representative of that growth from that experience? You know what? I took matters into my own hands. I have a, um, as we spoke about a, a support system, my, the, the Ipsy Jams committee is made up of three people, somebody from the band, somebody that is extremely, um, um, driven when it pertains to community engagement. And then myself, who's the artist, who's like the, the machine, I'm the machine of the, of the situation, right? Absolutely. So Ipsy Jams is really me working with, um, well, I would say us, me specifically being the artist to kind of create an opportunity and platform for different artists to just get out there, get out there and and produce an opportunity to network and then have the community kind of be more close knit with one another. That's where the vendors come along. You know, you never know what you may need from somebody until we're all in that situation and mm-hmm. that predicament. And then it all just blossoms. Mm-hmm. I seen our first production of Ipsy Jams last year. Our anniversary is coming up. And another Ipsy Jams is coming up, guys. So if you're an artist, definitely jump on that. All um, summer, though. It's going to be kind of going on all... Mm-hmm. It's going to be going... So so just yeah. look out for that. I got some dates coming up. I'll definitely let you guys know if we can get that pushed. Absolutely. So the um, just just to be in that bubble... So many different artists left with a new videographer or a new photographer or somebody to do a feature with that will help elevate their career. Podcast opportunities, body butter. You never know because you're (laughs) putting those type of opportunities 
where we can we can just gravitate. And okay. a lot of people have contacted me shortly after and just been like, Kenyatta, thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to think of, you know, something like this that would help me. And it just humbled me because I'm like, dude, it's okay. I got you. That's right. what you're here for. That's what we're supposed to do. I started peeping crabs in a bucket at a young age. Absolutely. I started peeping people, gatekeepers at a young age. Absolutely. You know, so now that I'm 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 in my senior, <laughs> I feel like I have I did I'm trying to be the person that did it so you don't have to do it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um entrepreneurship. So that growth plus the desire to do for others and give people a platform ties into what we see as far as your entrepreneurship, your face wash, your merchandising kind of acumen, which selfishly I see being of immediate value to the fellowship mm-hmm. um, because I clearly don't know how to dress. Um, or figure out like what's cool or whatever. So, you know, just being along those lines. Is that something that you view as being uh, a skill set of yours too? Like just your overall vision in terms of being able to sell? Mm -hmm. It's a development. It's in progress. I didn't never see that for myself uh, until I kind of got a new battery in my back. Right. I got a lot of people, especially with the face wash, because I was just doing that for myself. And I had family and friends like, wow, that really changed you. And I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. You need to sell it. How? I don't really know what to do. Did you make it? Did you make it or you put it? I th- make it. You make it. I get in the kitchen and whip it together. And you use it. And I use it. And yo, I was going to put your before picture up as one of them pictures. I was you like, no, nah, I'm not, not going to do that. I am so proud of it because I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, I went my whole life all the way up until like 26 with no, with no acne. Right. And then it, it hit me like, boop. Just, I was like, ah, I don't right. know what to do. <laughs> right, right, right. Got into Google, started looking up different things, and boom, this this has been nothing but greatness for me. Did you and do, it helps others. Did you do anything different in terms of your diet, too, at all? No, because no? my diet has already always been good. Oh, like, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't eat pork. Okay. Um, Heavy on the water. Because I'm a singer. So, heavy on the water. Not not a lot of soda every now and then. Okay. Alcohol. Tequila is really good for you. Every now and then. Or good for the soul. Or more Today often. it's every now and then. Yeah. But back in the day, it was... Strong. Now. What is the number one tequila brand <laughs> to you? To me? What What is the tequila that you would, would, would sanction on camera? Casamigos. Praise God. Casamigos. Shout out to Casamigos. I... I I'm not a tequila person. No. Oh. I'm not a tequila person. So. Wait, what are you? You know what? I do, I do, I do, I do a lot of Crown Royal. Okay, dark. I mean, not a lot. Like I do, when I do, I do Crown Royal. I'm more of a shit. T- I'm a, I'm a Pellegrino drinker. Yes, I drink I a lot that. of water. Sparkling I try to water. drink a lot of water or whatever. I do, I do not, I stay away from alcohol overall. Mm-hmm. Um. But when I do, I do Crown Royal, wow. Lil' Jameson, okay. uh, Hennessy, you know, Hennessy Pontiac. a little bit. Whiskey yeah, Remy, you know. I'm I'm real standard with that. I was about to say, you like dark. I, can't I do like dark. There. Light liquor was several moons ago. I hear you. Um, I will do some vodka, though, like here and there. I will do a little... Ciroc, you know, here and there. It depends. If it's like, if I'm outside and it's summertime, like, like now, like today. Oh this yeah, I, vodka day? I'll take vodka some vodka lemonade. and orange too. 
All day. <laughs> All day. Absolutely. Maya, what you like? I do G and T is like my my go to. You know what? I am now starting to like gin. I am now starting. To like Arbor Gin. So Ann Arbor Distilling Company mm. is has really good gin, mm-hmm. and uh, they have seasonal gins. So they have one for like spring, summer, fall. The fall is aged in oak barrels, and it tastes amazing. The fall mm. is like my favorite one. So you'll drink fall gin in the summer. Yeah. Okay, I haven't had I haven't had gin since being on North Campus in 1995. <laughs> Over there, gin gave me the worst headache I have ever had <laughs> in my entire existence, and I stayed away from it. That bumpy face learn. bottle, Drink Lord have mercy. Literally a process. Just jump right in when you young. Yes, you absolutely. Out. Absolutely. I shout out to Putnam Hall about <laughs> 500 feet that way. That's where I jumped in and, and, and started. So you're a musician, you're moving around, you're doing your thing, coaching, blah, blah, blah. Mo comes along. I don't know how long Mo has been around. Okay. And you don't, you know, you don't have to tell that story unless you want to. Um, Cause you know, shout out to Mo being a great dad. He's out with uh, young Harlem. Um, <laughs> but what has, you know, that, that relationship obviously is culminated in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, how has Mo supported you through your journey? So Mo's been around since the beginning of time. Oh, there that's you go. Been, well, that's been my best friend. Um, well, he's been my friend since we were 14. And mm-hmm. about, I would say, as we got into our 20s, we started getting a lot closer as far as friendship go. And then mid-20s, it was like, relationship? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> but he literally right. has seen me go through and be through so many different stages of of, uh, of Kenyatta Rashawn career. He's definitely been a part of all of it. Um, he's starting to see more of the fruits of my labor too now, and it's just like he's 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 looking at it like wow, you're working. I'm I see the different things you're doing. I mm-hmm. see how much effort you put into it. I see you up all day with the baby, up all night with the baby, up all night working on Kenyatta Rashawn stuff. Like, so he's been extremely supportive. Um, he's also piqued his interest into, because I've, I'm an artist, he has a, a friend who's an artist, and mm-hmm. he's starting to want to be involved in the entertainment realm. Okay. So um, that's been fun. You know, watching him do different things and him watching me do different things. So we're literally kind of just growing in our purpose. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So when did, you know, we chose you to come interview with us. And when you interviewed with us, you didn't tell us you was pregnant. You know, did you know beforehand? You did know. But hey, you no, weren't I, obligated to tell us anything. I probably, when I found out I was pregnant, Mo was out of town. So I literally was the only person that knew for a very long time. Uh-huh. And don't get me wrong. Nobody is, we, we're not saying no, you're no, no. duplicitous. I, just, I, 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 I was looking forward to this conversation, this part of the conversation, because when I did find out I was pregnant, uh-huh. it happened to be in August. Okay. The audition was in September. Yes, it like was. Like, September. Mid September. It was no. The applications went out in September. The app. The 
um, audition was in October. Yeah, the audition was in October. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, so I had an entire birthday shenanigan at thirty for my thirtieth birthday, and still nobody there knew I was pregnant. Okay. My mom didn't even know I was pregnant. Nobody knew I was pregnant. So when I had the opportunity to tell Mo, it was just like I I, I like doing stuff now in a very surprising way because mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff that you would not expect from me. So my whole objective was to try to like actually share with everybody on a different level. Mm-hmm. So I put everybody through a um a surprise. Okay. Mo, his mom, my mom, his sister, my brother. I actually put that video out on YouTube. I love that video. Yeah, so you see yes. that? Yeah. So funny because nobody everybody's like, you having a baby? Nobody expected me to be pregnant. Nobody. I, I kind of didn't. But you know, whatever happens, happens. Yes, it does. Yeah. So for um, when we had our interview, I was just like, shit. If I get it, mm-hmm. like, what am I going to do? We had our photo shoot. Very next day, I put it out. I was like. Yeah, I'm pregnant, guys. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thought you was fooling somebody. You had that big green shit on. I know. You know what I'm so saying? Flat. I'm like, you had the Tim's on. Yeah. But 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 was and and it's it didn't cause it didn't cause us a challenge. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that from the outset, the our target has been how can we put people in position to tell a poignant story. And when we mm-hmm. interviewed, we looked at people that way. What mm-hmm. is the, it wasn't just who has the most social media, who has the most audacious kind of artist, cliche type yeah. artist stuff going on. We were looking for people who could really tell an interesting story. You know, and I, and in listening to all three projects, They're all telling a story. You got Danny telling a story of, you know, Danny is up amongst the universe. Like, yes, she is. And she's tapped in. But she's but she's very grounded in what's happening. And you'll hear in her music that she's very grounded in what's going on around her. But she's still holding on to the stars at the same time. And 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 London's project is all about strength. Mm-hmm. Seeking, you know, seeking identity, um, finding themselves while choosing whether or not to let go of, choosing what to let go of, mm-hmm. um, and then yours. Yours is, man. Yours is very. It's emotionally grounded, and I know we're gonna talk about about this in a second, but. I mean, we can start talking about it now. Your project in listening to it is, in my opinion, about being real with yourself about how you feel. Hit the nose. Is it, is it the nose on the head? No, it's the nail I'm, on the I'm head. I'm very good at that. I'm very good you at being the nail on the, the head. It's almost like you uh, you have a career and a hobby in this. Yeah. I do. I do. Like, you can I do. You listen to things and then evaluate and yes. have it in so many words. Yes. That is a skill. So let's do this real quick. The album is The Art of Keeping It Real. Yes. 
And what we customarily do is talk about old albums. Mm-hmm. So this is intended to come out when the album, you know, before the album comes out. Right, right. Album comes out June 18th, but it's going to live forever. The fact that we talked about this and people are going to refer to it. Why did you call it that? Well, I think I kind of already answered the question, but why did you choose to call it that? After after evaluating the songs, where I was headed with it, one thing that we kind of, in our discussions, one thing that we kind of was very obvious about was transparency. Yes. And you was like, where, I, I told you, I was like, I don't know, because I, I don't know if I want it to be a lot of words. I don't want it, I don't know if I want it to be a riddle. I don't know if I want it to be just blah. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of it was kind of no brainer to sum it up to be the art of keeping it real, which is exactly what transparency is. Yes. However, when I say the art, it's how I'm keeping it real. Right. You know, that's that's the lane I chose to share and to be be that person to word how you're feeling or how somebody else is feeling about something. Excellent. Yeah. Absolutely. I and, and I'm I'm so glad that you said that when we when we first started talking about your project, I recall a conversation we had where we were talking initially about what was your process gonna be. And you started talking about, well, I recall you saying, um, you know, I was like, you know, maybe we can find some people to, you know, write some songs with you and this, that, and the third. And I don't know the degree to which that still happened, mm-hmm. but I remember us talking about how I wanted you to write the majority of it. Yes. And one of the things that I said was really capture your emotion, the different things that you feel, the different things that, because we all go through all these different emotions and we don't always write them down. We don't always capture. I think I told you like write it in a journal. write it in a journal. Or, you know, something like that. And what came out of it is... And living with it, because I've lived with your music, just from a content perspective first, what came out of it is a very emotionally vulnerable place. Not from, the worst thing you can be is soft in today's world. A beta. Mm. A beta female or a beta male. Right now. We're living in the age of, there's a dialogue that's going on between black men and black women mostly being affected by people like Kevin Samuels. Correct. You know about Kevin Samuels? I do. I am a Joe Kevin. Budden, Kevin. Yes. Yeah. I am a Kevin Samuels. I'm not going to say I'm a fan, but the dialogue yeah. is so. for it. The dialogue is so interesting to me because what he's saying, the reason that his popularity is growing, 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 growing is because it's going against what is happening between men and, and women, women right now. Yeah. And there's a narrative that exists in music right now, black music specifically, where female MCs have come forward as being a necessity. Mm-hmm. Not just, mm-hmm. you know, not just no disrespect to anybody from the past, but yeah. they've come forward as being a um very marketable, you know, in a number Why? of different ways. I mean, because yeah, kind of, you know, they they sex sales um, and, you know, women tend to, and this is non-scientific, but <laughs> women support 
the support of women towards products is it's a different level than men. Men kind of, you know, what I always say is men go and find what they need. Women go and get what they want. Mm. So if they want, if you can make them want it, they're going to go get it They'll in a lot it. of situations. Yeah. Um, that may have been off base. I don't know. But I guess what I'm saying is the, the dialogue that's coming. From, what's that? I said, I think that's accurate. Oh, okay, cool. So the dialogue from women artists about relationships is how can I take advantage of this situation to get what I want? Mm-hmm. How can, you know, I'm a hold this dude, actually. I'm hoeing him. But I'm still getting what I want. I'm no, you know, a man don't love you if he don't buy you a Birkin bag. Uh, these grandiose ideas about love and relationships that turns it into a kind of like transactional. Yeah. The music that you created is the opposite of that. Yeah. It's I was wrong. It's I want to be with you. I don't know why you tripping. I'm trying to, you know, if you if you keep messing up, you're going to lose your homie for life. Or um, so it's very liberated from an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about saying all that to say, I'm curious about how you like it's more difficult for somebody to be that real than it is for you not to make the songs. I'm out with my bitches and we drinking <laughs> Patron and, you know, fuck these niggas. I'm taking <laughs> these niggas for what they got. Oh God, you easily could have did that. Literally. So, why? Like, and you, yeah, why? Like, why is that so, why is that such a valuable thing to you? In a nutshell, it's just not me. I've, uh, I've thought about different things that could be kind of embraceive. You know, there's there's not many women. There there's a there's a plethora of women who who are saying what I'm saying, but on the grand scheme of things, the ones that are louder and that are pulling more more uh, that are pulling more fan base towards what they're doing is mm-hmm. the ones that saying all the bullshit. I ain't gonna say it's bullshit. It's just the wrong shit. It's something that nobody needs to hear on a regular basis because it kind of creates that psyche. It does. So crazy. I just talked to somebody that told me this girl was like using them and they was like, what do I do? I'm like, don't. Yeah, I was like, don't. you got to put yourself first, dude. Yeah. Like, right. I'm sorry because that doesn't happen often, but I could see where her influence come from. You know what I'm saying? Right. So for myself, it was just like, um, I could I could tell you all day, you know, get money. Don't deal with him. Do this, do that. But re- the reality is how you really feel. Mm. You really do want to work things out with that guy. Mm. You really do want this to work out. You really are wrong. You just don't know how to say it. Mm. You know, so um, one thing, one thing, uh, one song on my album that I really love is I Am. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of go through a little circle of you kind of thinking to yourself like, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. What we're doing and working towards, I don't need to change myself for that. You know, I'm good. We're good. I can mm-hmm. do this. Takes two. Let's work together for the things that we need. So right. it's 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 a it, for me being thirty years old and already been through the ringer of life, especially yeah. with relationships. Yeah. I'm like, there's only certain so sappy I can be. Yeah. But if I'm gonna be sappy, it's gonna be the reality of it. I'm not just gonna be like down on my knees, hoping yeah, yeah, yeah. and see. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just like okay. So this is what happened. Right. How can we fix it? 
much. Right. We try to. I'm trying to word it to where it's just uh, it's it works out. You know. It's easy. It's easier than ever to leave a relationship. It's too easy. It's easier. But it leaves a hole in yes. It is easier than ever to leave a relationship, be it being married, having a, you know, being parenting. Um, but it's hard to find somebody that's willing to ride for you without an agenda. Listen, and I can be transparent in this moment, but like me and Mo are not perfect. Definitely not perfect, but I've already experienced so many things in life with different individuals where it was necessarily for me to leave right mm-hmm. i looked at it like okay if nobody's involved we're kind of our own worst enemy when it comes down to conflict absolutely so with every misunderstanding there can be a conversation that could possibly heal the entire situation mm-hmm. i never took that in consideration in other relationships but growing up it was always somebody else involved mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. there was really no place for reconciliation. Right. We came into this as friends, looking at it from a perspective like, okay, shit's going to happen. But as long as we rocking with one another and we're working with each other, only people that we have to be concerned and worried about is each other. Absolutely. There, there, are, there are absolute limits that all of us have as human beings and as people who are in relationships. But it comes down to being with a person that you're willing to do the work with. Correct. Spoken from, you know, a person. I've been married for 11 years. And yes, you, it's never perfect. And I don't think the expectation should be that it's ever perfect for all the young people out there. Wait, Um, because I used to think that. Right. It never will be. But is it a situation where you're willing to do the work? And sometimes the work is you got to work on you. You like you got to step yes. to kind of you don't have to step away, but you kind of got to step to the side and say this is let me analyze how I really feel. Mm-hmm. Let me develop and build around that and the things that I'm trying to accomplish and then when you you can come back into the mix. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have to leave the house to work on myself. Correct. I don't have to I don't have to leave the relationship to work on myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the songwriting is, again, is vulnerable. And I don't want to paint it. You're right. I don't want to paint it as being sappy. I'm glad you said that. It's not <laughs> sappy. And you're not, you know, no disrespect, but it's not, you're not Phyllis Hyman out here. Shout out to, you oh, know, Phyllis Hyman. But, I mean, who made records that was like gutter, I just can't live without you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's, you know. Right. That's my jam. Yeah. yeah. Um, the end of that song. I mean, that's God. what... Pfft. I had a guy, the only reason why I even know about her is in 20, 2019, a guy told me, you remind me of Phyllis Hyman. He said, you're singing, remind me of Phyllis Hyman. I'm like, who is You know what I think separates, like, Phyllis Hyman and, and, and the music? The reason that this music is a little bit a throwback is because it's definitely influenced by when you yeah. talk about SWV, this, that, third, I heard yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah. But... You know what's missing from music these days is what I call the vamp. Like when you're going out at the end of the song, you just <laughs> bellowing emotionally. That doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. You know, so and Phyllis Hyman just you used Took to it away. you know give nor, me chills. nor the Nehus. Yeah, the Nehus. I put a Nehu in there. You did put it. I oh, did. That okay. Came, shout out to Sam Watson. He like, come on, let's get a a Jodeci Nehu. Uh, Nehu. 
okay. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but but the songwriting on the project is very it's it's very realistic. My favorite song is Blues Clues. Still. Just and and we have to take a minute. Like we have to give flowers to Sam. Um specifically, we want to shout out True Classic. We want to shout out Motor City Mellow. We want to shout out Brooklyn Beats. Sam, for me, is the best. He is the best R&B producer that I have ever met and the best vocal producer I've ever met. I say that all the time, and I tell him that. And I remember when I first met Sam, and he was working with us on Formula 734, and he's so talented. The music that he makes, he is so talented that literally— he is a footstep away from wherever he wants to be at. Shout out to Sam Watson, all the things that Sam brought to the project. Shout out to Motor City Mellow, uh, who has been an absolute uh, fantastic producer and leader throughout this project, as well as True. True caught me off guard. Okay. You know. Yeah, a lot but of people don't really know his, his production is sick. Absolutely. He absolutely. does his production. He produced Grown on... The Formula 734 album, and he produced, uh, I think it's the, the joint with him in Conflict. Um, so shout out to, to True Classic. Free is, the to me, the philosophical center of the album. Nice. Um, like it that. is about liberation. And you have to be free in order to acknowledge the things that you chose to acknowledge because you didn't succumb to the pressure mm-hmm. of having to come out and be like, Red bottoms and I don't yeah I don't even get into that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. You 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 definitely not, did not succumb to that pressure. You brought your authentic self to the forefront, and it's something that I want artists to learn from, and the artists that you continue to work with in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, my one ask of you is that as you move towards mentorship of others, that that's something that you really impute into them is that they bring their authentic selves. Um, and for the people who try to get into fellowship in years to come, for years to come, as our plan is to continue to do this, bring your authentic self to the table. Don't just talk about what you think people want you to talk about. We're looking for people who are trying to make an impact in people's lives. And the record that Kenyatta has made has the capacity to impact people on a personal level. Absolutely. That was the goal. Absolutely. So what do you, what else do you want people to know about this record? I want you to listen to it with an open mind. Listen to it with somebody else that can, you know, be contrary with your with your authentic self. You know, mm-hmm. take a second to go through all the songs, full blast, laying in the grass or something. Anything that can actually continue to help you liberate yourself. Mm-hmm. Because with every different song, it's a variation of emotions that I know many, many, many people who are going to listen to this song have already experienced or conveyed. So if you if you do um, experience the art of keeping it real. If you do, when you do. <laughs> when you listen to One, the art two, of keeping three. it real. You are going to be taken away. You're going to be in a different place. Absolutely. It's going to put you... It's going. To, it could actually help with the different portions of your character. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Specifically, wrong. A lot of women don't do that. That song is definitely about admitting 
fuck and trying to figure out where where can we go from here type of deal. Absolutely. Um, so just listen. Absolutely. That's all I ask. Listen and enjoy. Kenyatta has so much to say, so definitely listen and <laughs> check it yes. out. So I just want to give you your flowers just very Thank quickly um, for taking a risk, for being a soldier through all of this. A no-limit soldier. A no-limit soldier. For and, bringing multiple versions of life into the world. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. that is like one of my very... Favorite coin phrases right now is like I birthed a project and a baby. Yes, you did, you did, and and it will always be at the very least. Nobody may buy, you know, you may not sell fifty thousand copies of this project or whatever, but that will always be something that he will be able to acknowledge happened because of him. Yes, and that's enough. It's going to be significant forever. That's enough for me. As a person that was involved, that currency is enough for me to be able to to live with. Yeah. But it's gonna do much better than it's gonna do much better than that. I just um, want to say that yeah. I was so scared to take on the opportunity. I li- I almost called you guys and told you I wasn't gonna be able to do it mm-hmm. after I received the fellowship because I was I didn't want to put anybody else in a predicament that I had never done before mm-hmm. and didn't know what to expect. And um, with the support of Mo being like. This is what's going to motivate you. Little do you know, like, mm-hmm. he's going to have you like, oh, I can't sit down. I got to go to the studio. Or I got to be at this interview. Mm-hmm. Or I got to take these pictures. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm not saying that I kind of projected it as a negative, but I just, I never experienced it before. I'm like, I can't say for sure that this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have other people involved. But then I strapped my nuts on and was like, listen, you got to get it done. That's it. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. And we didn't doubt it. No. We didn't doubt you at all. We, I remember us having a conversation saying, we want you to just make an album about being in this part of your life because it's, yeah. it's, it's not going to be that way anymore. Right, right. And even when we looked at dates, um, you know, um, these, this album was going to come out around the time that your child was being born. And right. we were prepared. We are, I'll say are. We are prepared to make whatever needs to happen work around that. Mm-hmm. And it worked out, and God just shined down on us and just made it work. So really? I, I want to thank you. Everything I thank you guys, I really do. Absolutely. The fellowship and Amplify has been extremely supportive in the transition of things. You know, you guys got to experience a lot of first with me too. So I'm, I'm forever grateful. Forever Absolutely. Grateful. Is it As, hmm? is it six weeks today? Six weeks. Holla six weeks. Six weeks today. Holla. Crazy, just got here. Are you you available for, um, are you available for, you know, to work with other artists in terms of doing session work and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Um, I have to, the first artist I have to work with would have to be London and Danny. Absolutely. I just want to put that in the atmosphere. Like, that's another thing I'm very grateful for you guys introducing us to one another because they are sonically my, like, musical three-headed dragon. Absolutely. Right now, they the the two of them alone have definitely helped me with some different um, outlooks on music. Helped me dig deeper within myself to be able to produce certain sounds. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I'm forever grateful for that. I just, perfect, perfect, but perfect. With other artists, I'm I'm open. I'm available. 
And we want to keep you connected to the fellowship, you know, moving forward in whatever capacity that you choose to be. You know, I, I, we've already had this conversation, but I just want to say that publicly oh, that, definitely. you know, uh, we appreciate the support that you'll continue to bring to the table. And maybe, you know what I'm saying, if I ever get back to making records or whatever, I can <laughs> have you jump on one of my <laughs> joints too, yeah, you know. So um, we want to thank Kenyatta Rashawn for coming out and joining us. Um, as always, like, share, and subscribe no matter where you are hearing this podcast. It is available on all streaming platforms as well as on YouTube. Uh, do you have any plugs that you want to shoot right quick? Yes, yes, yes. So let's uh, plug in myself, Kenyatta Rashawn, on all streaming platforms first of all i want you to listen to the music before you jump onto my social media but it's also kenyatta rashawn and visit my website kenyattarashawn.com for all updates or any face wash in case you're going through a little something you need some um, face wash routine yeah new face routine um also guys tap into ipsy jams that is a live um platform for performances throughout the community in Ipsy. So definitely come, come audition. I'm sorry, not audition. Come register, perform. It's a good time. And um, shout out to Moda Owner in Harlem. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely. Day. What about the restaurant? The restaurant Bon Appetit. too. Yes. Make sure it's Ipsy's first West African restaurant. The food is bomb. You have the Absolutely. experience in different cuisines that will leave your taste buds wanting more. That was a good Absolutely. It was. Uh, so it was. They're located um, off Cross Street. Mm -hmm. uh, Cross Street. Huh? 2421 Cross Street. By Tom's Party Store. By Eagle, Tom's Party Store. Eagle's Nest. Eagle Market. Eagle yeah. Market. So, yep. That's Ipsy. Ipsy, <laughs> tap in. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's Absolutely. Eat. Absolutely. And I want to take the time to plug... Um, Amplify Fellowship. Uh, you can go to amplify-fellowship.com. Um, you can still acquire a uh, video of all of the uh, kickbacks that we did, all of the information about the projects and everything. Follow us on Amplify Washington at Instagram, leonspeakers.com, leonspeakers on Instagram, grovestudios.space, grovestudios, grove.studios on Instagram. It's time for us to go. All the cameras is overheating and all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so thanks to our sponsors again. Until next time, this is Rob Wallace. Support the artists and the artisans around you because if the music stops, everything else does. Hello. <laughs>